African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Well, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa. Thank you for joining us on uh, our various platforms on DSTV Audio Bouquet Channel 802. And uh, thank you for joining us online on www.channelafrica.co.za. you with me, Benjamin Moshata. I'm on African Dialogue, where we look at the big issues on the African continent and we contextualize the big conversations that are taking place. As I mentioned yesterday that we're not at our SABC headquarters. We are right here outside in Pretoria, South Africa, at the Ditsong Museums of South Africa, which is an agency of the Department of Arts and Culture, where the dialogue on xenophobia is actually being, uh, and it's going to be underway in a few um, minutes or so, and this is part of the Ditsong's Museums uh, celebrations of Africa Month. We know that even in recent months, uh, just a few months ago, uh, the xenophobia topic in South Africa emerged once again, when we saw those uh, incidents which took place in Durban. And there was a big discussion that even we had here on African Dialogue around the nature of xenophobia in the country. We know that even uh, the Department of International Relations had a certain stance when it came to that particular situation. So we're going to unpack this conversation as we lead up to Africa Day on Saturday. And I'm not alone in this particular conversation. I am uh, joined uh, by... uh, uh, the delegates who are part of this discussion. I have Dr. Noel Solani, who is the director of Ditsong National Museum of Cultural History, uh, which is who's hosting us here uh, at uh, uh, this particular center. And I also have uh, Mr. Rufus Matibe, who is the director of international relations at the Department of Arts and Culture. Thank you, gents, for giving us your time. We really appreciate it as Channel Africa. Dr. Solani, let me start this conversation with you. Why initiate this conversation? Why why now, especially just a few days before Africa Day? Uh, the Ditsong Museum of South Africa uh, believes that in order to resolve our challenges as a country and as a people, we need to provide a safe space for discussion. Mm. And as we have alluded <coughs> in your introduction, issues of xenophobia have emerged in our country Mm. and it is something that we need to talk about and it is something that for any people to understand each other they need to talk Mm. i mean we don't only have xenophobia we also have racial issues we have gender issues we have uh, uh, homophobia etc so there are many issues in which are a challenge to our society which we need to talk about mm. and and the department of arts and culture which is our mother body mm. are champions the issue of national reconciliation social cohesion mm. which rufus will be talking to mm. and and all those sorts of issues but we implement that particular vision so that we are, we are there have a heckle so that we are able to go to communities, meet with communities, use different sorts of platforms in order to address uh, these matters. 
Well, staying with you, um, Dr. Solani, is the question around whether we've been having this discussion for a long time or not. Sometimes the issues comes to the discussion whether uh, the sporadic attacks that happen against uh, foreign nationals in the country, we always ask the question whether it's xenophobia or not xenophobia. And there's always a contention around that issue which polarizes uh, the dialogue on this particular topic. How are you going to deal with this particular topic, especially that we've been discussing that, especially in the latest attacks that we've seen in South Africa, the fact that we've been questioning is it xenophobia attacks or not xenophobia attacks. Some people say it's just informed by socioeconomic conditions and almost polarize the conversation. Uh, I think most of these matters, if you look at them, mm -hmm. they start from socioeconomic issues and socioeconomic challenges that we face as a country. Mm. I mean, we have to admit and acknowledge that there, are, there is unemployment in the country. And it, is a, it has been reaching at a percentage of 27% mm. sort of those who are seeking job opportunities. Uh, we're not even talking about those that have given up. Mm. And therefore, when people observe others succeeding, so there will be, at some point, questions about who is that. You, you know, let, let me make an example without talking about foreign nationals. Mm. Let's talk it about regions. Mm. If you come from a different region, you come and open a business mm. in region B, mm. and people are going to ask, who is that? Mm. What language that person, is that person speaking, etc. So that's how these things start. Henceforth, uh, it, is, it is not going to assist us as part of the dialogue to be trapped in concepts mm. of debating whether something is xenophobia or not. Uh, when we know that the human condition is deteriorating, when we know that when we are violent towards others, we also lose our own humanity. Mm. So what is going to assist us is to say, here is the problem. There has been an attack a clear attack on foreign nationals in Kayelit, mm. for example. How do we resolve that matter? Because we know it is not an attack generally on all businesses of people who are in Kayelit. There has been a targeted attack. So we need to resolve them. And uh, yeah, I mm. think that's, that's how we need to deal. We need to deal with the issue at hand and mm. stop semantics. That's interesting because that issue of semantics is something we can't run away from because it is a national dialogue. And let me bring it to you, um, Rufus, in terms of your thoughts there, especially the fact that this is also an initiative under uh, the direction of the Department of Arts and Culture in, in South Africa. Why is this topic important, especially at this time where there is that division? And, and I think uh, uh, Dr. Solana highlights something very important there that semantics are not going to help us if we don't really look at the origins of this particular challenge in South Africa. You know, um, thank you very much. I think uh, this is a very um, important topic. Mm. Uh, some say it's a sensitive, it's a painful topic, but we need to confront it. We need to get to the bottom of the challenges that we face as a continent, as mm. an African continent. And then when you know and you understand the challenges that you have, then it's much easier 
to get into the solutions. Sure. And the, I, I don't want to limit myself to only talk about you know the challenges as limited to South Africa. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a it's a global challenge. Yeah. Uh, Donald Trump is building a wall, uh, as you know, mm-hmm. uh, to to keep away South America. But do we have uh, as a continent? Uh, to what end would we be driving such a hate? oriented agenda ag- mm. amongst or against each other mm. this month of may for us is very important uh, this is uh, we, we anchor all the activities around the 25th of may as a period to reflect on who we are as africans mm. when we reflect who we are as africans we look onto how do we relate to each other mm. what are the common challenges that we face and what programs do we put in place to address those uh, this year is uh, very important because it's also uh, the 25th uh, celebration of the 25th year of uh, democracy in South Africa. Mm. And that is an opportunity to also look back and say, in the past 25 years, how have we created platforms uh, for relations across the continent? Clearly we've been global. struggling with that because on the ground, on the grassroots, we are seeing this uh, rampant and almost increasing problem of, of what is called xenophobia. You know, sometimes we, we, we tend to, uh, to look at things uh, too narrowly. Mm. Crime is crime. Let's start there. We do not, as a country, condone criminal activities. Mm. We do not, as a country, condone hate for each other. Because for us as a department, when you hate another African person, it's self-hate. Mm. Because we are so one. There's so much in common amongst people of Africa than what divides us. Uh, let me just also indicate that uh, this year, mm. uh, Africa Month program mm. is, uh, is, is, uh, is, uh, is putting a special focus on Zimbabwe. Mm. Uh, in Zimbabwe, there is a, a Kosa community, mm. and we have Kosa community big in the, the entire Eastern mm. Cape and Western Cape, mm. uh, Kosa people. So there is no way that we will be encouraging to say, oh no, we have uh, this is a situation that we have. Let's leave it as this. So we are making all efforts to educate because uh, knowledge is important. How Let so? How so? Let's get practical here. I know I'm asking you the very difficult question, yeah. uh, Mr. <coughs> uh, Matibi, but I think we have to ask these questions because the superficial layer of speaking around uh, xenophobia we, that, that actually stops us from really speaking around the localized issues on the ground. Yes, we do have those socioeconomic issues that actually propel this particular situation. But what more can be done, honestly, in terms of seeing a change, especially in the issue of perception that you're highlighting? Well, I don't want to really uh, put uh, too many of broad strokes on this. But you see, because the challenge, Mm -hmm. as uh, Dr. Salan has indicated, is more of a socio-economic one, Mm. then we should start looking onto how are we as Africans responding Mm. to good governance, Mm. issues of uh, 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 economic development, issues of uh, global warming, issues of fourth industrial revolution, innovations. Because if we sit back Mm. and allow uh, the rest of the world to move on, and we're not engaging on these things because we're too intimidated by innovation. We're too intimidated to talk about bad governance uh, and the problem will continue. Mm. If you want to address the challenges in the continent, focus on those five issues. Let young people take the lead. We are a huge market in Mm. Africa, Uh, Uh, 1.2 billion people, Mm. growing at about 3%. Sure. But 
in terms of what is it that we contribute to the world is very minimal. Mm. It is minimal because we have made ourselves a community of consumers. Mm. We always wait. And in the slightest of a challenge in the country or in the continent, we get onto the ships, onto the boats, and we cross the, uh, the, the, the oceans, we cross the deserts, mm. whereas we should be sitting at home and find solutions to our problems. Solutions, Afrocentric solutions, it's, it's, it's going to be a little bit important for us to start having these honest conversations, Dr. Solani, as you guys are embarking on here today around especially this topic on xenophobia. How important is that, that we have more conversations such as like these and we start being really honest around the problems, especially around the communal dynamics that you highlighted earlier on? No, that, that's highly important uh, <coughs> that we we diagnose mm. our problems. Mm. Uh, and diagnosing the problem, I think, starts at the community level mm. because that's where things happen. Mm. Things don't happen, you know. We use, we use uh, to talk about national government, uh, continental organizations, mm. etc., and waiting for solutions from them as if these continental organizations are somewhere in the sky. Mm. But issues are at our localities. Mm. So if we are able to engage with people in our localities, we will be able to resolve some of the, some of the issues. It is, well, let me make an example. Mm. If you go to Social Move today, mm. The majority... Which is a township not so far from here. Sure. Yes, uh, outside Pretoria. Sure. Uh, the majority of uh, unemployed are young people. And young people who are energetic. Mm. And as we know, anybody with energy will want to utilize that energy. Mm. If that energy is not enhanced and utilized constructively, mm. that energy is going to be destructive. Mm. So we need to focus on young people to ensure that they get the necessary skills that they need to ensure that they are assisted in developing small businesses and even big businesses for that matter to ensure that uh, there are sporting facilities in our communities i mean if i if you drive around soshanguve you will not see a single tennis court and yet it's such a huge township. Mm. So we need to enhance those things so that we enhance the skills of people and, and, and their abilities. That is about, I think, the only way in which we can improve the human condition mm. and, and, and contribute in elevating uh, some of the ills that we see in society. Well, we're going to take a quick break. Thank you to Dr. Noel Solani, Director of the Ditsong National Museum of Cultural History. Thank you as well to Mr. Rufus Matibe, who is the Director of International Relations at the Department of Arts and Culture. They're both hosting this dialogue today, which is looking at uh, the problem of xenophobia in South Africa. They have to go in, into the center. I'm sure that the program is going to start anytime soon now because they are the hosts after all. So we're going to let them go and then we we come back we'll have more guests after this break on saturday the 25th of may africa day join channel africa from 1000 hours central african time to 1400 hours as we bring you the south african presidential inauguration 2019 
The event will be graced by several heads of state and thousands of South Africans. Channel Africa will bring you all the pomp and ceremony of this special event. Channel Africa bringing you the African Perspective. Channel Africa, together with Radio 2000 and the South African Broadcasting Corporation, is celebrating Africa Day at the SABC in Auckland Park on the 24th of May 2019, between 900 and 1500 Central African time, when 15 African state embassies showcase the best in their country's culture through food, music and fashion. Tune into www.channelafrica.co.za or DSTV802 and be part of the celebration on Gateway to Africa's live broadcast from 11 till 12 Central African time. Channel Africa bringing you the African perspective. Thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa. Uh, thank you for joining us on our various platforms. If you're listening to us on our website, you can stream us live there on www.channelafrica.co.za and we are on DSTV Channel 802 on uh, the audio bouquet there. And uh, we are right here at the Ditsong Museums of South Africa having a very difficult conversation in South Africa, especially if we don't want to look at... Uh, um, these kind of celebrations like Africa Month superficially, I think this is an important conversation to actually take place, which is the dialogue on xenophobia that is hosted by the Ditsong Museums of South Africa, which is an agency of the Department of Arts and Culture. And uh, uh, we still have here with some of the guests, actually some of them I've interviewed before. I think I interviewed Miss Beatrice Achileke in Eastern Cape sometime at a women's forum, so it's good to see you on once again, Mr. Cheleke, fantastic. And I've also uh, spoken to Mr. Jean Boisa on issues of xenophobia, so it's fantastic to speak to them. Let me just give you the titles. Mr. Jean Boisa is a founder and chairman of the Right to Live and represents uh, the Democratic Republic of Congo. And Ms. Uh, Beatrice Achileke is a founder of Global Books and is all the way from Camp Maroon. Thank you for, for giving us your time. Let's start with the lady in the house, right? Right now, Ms. Beatrice, thank you for giving us your time. Thank you very much for having me. Fantastic. I think it's important that in months like Africa Month, where we celebrate being African, that we don't do it superficially. And I was challenging the gents before you guys, and I was saying, hey, I hear what you guys are saying around programs, around some of the initiatives that you're embarking upon. But really, this issue has to be localized, and things have to change on the ground in terms of this particular problem of xenophobia. 
It definitely has. And um, I want to say a very, very happy and proud African Day to all your listeners out there. Sure. Uh, we should be proud to be Africans. We should be proud to celebrate Africa Day. And of course, we shouldn't celebrate it artificially. Mm. It, on Africa Day, we should ask ourselves as families, as teachers, as community leaders, as individuals, um, the question, how much of our Africa do we really know? Mm. What are we celebrating? Mm. You know, what, how much of our cultural values, our heritage do we know? How many African countries do we know? How many African currencies? How many African uh, capital cities? How many dates of independence? What are we really celebrating? What sure. is the essence of Africa Day? I think those are some of the things that we should be asking ourselves today and not just go out and have beer and drink wine and, you know, <laughs> merry around and come sure. home. It should be a day of reflection where we say, how far have we come? We are in 2019. 2020 is a, a milestone date when many African countries countries will be celebrating 60 years of independence. Mm. So the question is, how far have we come? Where is the spirit of Pan-Africanism? Are mm. we there? Why should we still fight against each other sure. in an African country? Sure. I mean, if we're discriminated against in a foreign country, it's something else. But sure. on our own continent where we all look the same and we share the same values, there's just no point. Mm. So I see the essence of Africa Day as a day where we sit back and we reflect how far have we come? Where are we going to? But there's something that we're getting wrong, especially when it comes to this identity of Africa, because we clearly are seeing a disconnect with what's happening with these xenophobia attacks on the ground. And I'm just reading something from essayhistory.org.za earlier on, and uh, the first violent attack that was seen in terms of attacks against foreign nationals was witnessed in 1994 in countries in provinces such as Gauteng, Western Cape, Free State, Limpopo, and KwaZulu-Natal. But I don't think as a country it's something that we've realized how big it would have become. And I think now it's a big conversation that's taking place. I remember it was also a concern even during the elections in terms of how... Um, African observers in the country who are coming into the countries would actually respond to the previous uh, uh, atmosphere of xenophobic attacks in the country. Why do you think South Africa is getting this particular issue wrong in terms of how we localizing this issue of Africanness and also the issue around immigration and migration? Um, we are all immigrants on this planet, whether mm. we like it or not. Mm. And the second point is um, xenophobia and, and racism and uh, attacks on foreigners has mm. to do with ignorance. Sure. Ignorance of our history, ignorance of our past, ignorance of our common values, mm. ignorance of who we really are as Africans. And I think um, if w I work with kids... And when I take them across Africa and show them the 55 countries of Africa, and I said, this is your legacy. You can be in Cameroon. You'll be seen as an African. We want you to be seen as an African. You can go to Tanzania. You can go to, in respect to going to Europe, you're a foreigner. Visibly, you're a foreigner. Sure. So uh, in terms of your values, you're a foreigner. So if we really get to know each other, we take time to know each other. And I want to believe that anyone who has, uh, who, who is, who has, cultivate a friendship to someone who comes from another African country mm. is of the same opinion that these people, we add value. We add value in each other's life. Mm. And if we will concentrate the energy that we use to fight each other in building each other, just imagine what a great continent we will be. So I think it, it has to do with ignorance. It has to do with fears. Mm. But we know that fears are false evidences that become true. Mm. 
if we foster them. So if we take away our fears and we just take time to get to know those people whom we call foreigners, mm. we will realize that they're just the same people like you and I. It doesn't matter whether you're South African, whether you're Zulu, you are Cameroonian, you're Beti, whatever you are from DRC, we all are human beings mm. and we have the same desires and the desire to be live in peace, to contribute, to progress and to grow. Um, Mr. Mbosa, your thoughts around debunking that particular idea and also that ignorance, how do we get away from that? Um, because I don't know, I mean, technically, what do you do on the ground to change the environment for communities in terms of their perspectives of the other? Well, my dear brother, I do think that it is important, uh, and thanks to my dear lady here. Are you Bamileke? No, I'm Bangwa. <laughs> You're Bangwa. Okay. You see, as African, we identify, first of all, from our tribes or ethnic languages. And uh, in terms of uh, what we need to do here in South Africa, and not only South Africa, I don't want to make it uh, peculiar to South Africa, because most of the time when we are here as foreigners, it's because something happened in our country that what forces us to migration. We need to also to determine that. And um, I would say that first and foremost, it is important that we educate. We educate ourselves, first of all, as the banana tree, that one that is an old banana tree. Madame who does literature understand what I'm saying. And therefore, we need to... Tell us as well. We want to know. We want to know as well. <laughs> well. Elaborate on that banana tree concept. The banana tree concept, it's quite easy to understand that if you live in a village, you will always understand that there's a banana tree that is old. And the minute that banana tree becomes old, it goes, it's bending toward its deathbed. But if you look underneath at the roots, you will see little banana trees coming. And this is what we need to foster, the legacy we need to leave to the youngsters to understand our African Ubuntu. Because Ubuntu is unconditional love. And it is important that we teach that into our youngsters and the future generation. We're turning 60. We're no longer young. As Madam said, nearly it will be 60 years of independence. 25 for South Africa, but I would say, and congratulations to South Africa, which has shown us that their democracy is still sound, and they can still have check and balances in terms of what they are bequeathing to the younger generation. And like those countries that in Africa that have 60, 50, or 40 years of so-called independence, we can also tackle on that issue of independence, because until today, Although people are celebrating Africa Day, I do not celebrate Africa Day. Because why don't we celebrate America Day? Why don't we celebrate Europa Day? So this is a stigma that has been put and stick, stuck to the Africans to be uh, brainwashed, to say that you have had independence, while in actual fact we have never had independence. We are still slaves of the imperialism, the capitalist system. Mm. And... Uh, because independence, in my understanding, means liberation. It means uh, freedom. Are we free? I don't think so. Do you Are think we? that the xenophobia environment that we're seeing is not only in South Africa, actually. I've seen the narratives in terms of also immigrants in Kenya, um, 
and Uganda, that also it happens there. Um, the, the, the big conversation around xenophobia is not just localized to South Africa. It's a big challenge. And I think it's because we as Africans don't understand migration and also we don't understand the context of tension within the modern Africa. Well, you're quite right on that issue because it's not just local. Why am I here in South Africa? It's because there was violence somewhere in my country and there's violence in the eastern side of Congo. In my sister's country, the north and the south are fighting over independence. You go to Nigeria, there is uh, the Boko Haram issue. So it's all about the resources that are scarce. And because the, re the resources are scarce, people tend to bring jealousy and envy to those who have. So it's more an economic perception mm -hmm. that we're calling xenophobia today. And I would say it's only happening in Africa. That's why I usually I do call it Afrophobia, the fear of the unknown for the other African person. Do you think we can overcome this, Beatrice? I don't know. I know your work that you do. You always kind of, your work is very around that Afrocentric issue of education, and you work from that particular route. Um, with your work, especially with the books that you write for children, and you you always push this idea of push uh, pushing and fast tracking the um, the African value and through literature. How do we change this perception thing around? being an African and understanding the other African brother from across the border? First, we have to know that um, before we became nations, we were one big family. Mm. Okay, that family was divided and borders were put here and there and mm. families were split apart. And today we think that we are, you know, we are separate from each other. If you're from Cameroon, you're different from a, someone from DRC or from, from South Africa. We have to get you know, get, a, get away from that notion and just embrace the, break the fact that we are Africans. When we look at our history, right back to um, when the Europeans came to Africa, they divided Africa mm. for their own intentions. And each time we fight against each one of our brothers and sisters, we are serving their purpose. Mm. That's still the delicts of colonization. Mm. And I get really very sick inside when I see people thinking like, you know, when you see f uh, white people come here, we welcome them. Mm. We don't fight against white people. Mm -mm. They have all the privileges. Mm. So in order to use literature to get across that, or what I'm trying to do is get kids to understand how vast the, the heritage is. You should be proud about what happens in Kenya. You should be proud about what happens in DRC. Mm. We should celebrate instead of looking at the negativity. Mm. Look at the conversation that goes around the table in white families. They talk about possibilities mm. and opportunities. We talk about problems, and that was part of master plan of the divide that we had mm -hmm. while we're fighting against each other the ne they are still some people are still benefiting and we know who they are so we need to read we need to find time to get to know each other kids should not just be on youtube consuming anything you mm -hmm. should know what is it that you're consuming how is it adding value to your life how is it making you proud to be an african if you're reading any books mm -hmm. that looks like that talk about people who don't look like you mm -hmm. and you have the feeling i can't because i'm not like that then it's not adding value to you. Mm. You should read books that make you grow, that make you proud to mm. be who you are, and you are a black person. If you're constantly changing your, 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 your appearance mm. to look like someone else, you can only be second. And so we do that through reading, learning to embrace, knowing about the values, knowing about the, the vast Africa, knowing about the stories. We have millionaires, female millionaires in Africa. We have very successful people in Africa. Why do we keep talking about the negative? You know, so someone if we focus on sure. the positive, just to close mm. the sentence, mm. people will be proud. We have mm. to give kids something that makes them proud to be mm. Africans and they will embrace it.
Sorry to interrupt you there, Beatrice, because someone who, who listens to us in a, in a Western ideology, this conversation could be boring, you know. Someone would say, the real challenges on the ground is that actually I'm thinking about my next meal or I'm thinking about getting a job. I'm not really thinking about my identity. That's kind of secondary, not even secondary. It probably comes forth in my level of priorities right now as a South African or as someone who lives in Kukuletu or someone who lives in Soweto. I'm not really interested in that narrative. And that can actually, like, water down this conversation that we're having around identity. Uh, you know, it's, it's complex. How do we deal with those socioeconomic challenges that uh, uh, Dr. Noel Solano was speaking about as we started this conversation, which propel these issues of xenophobia? You want to say something there, Jean? Uh, yes, I just want to say something because... Uh, I love wh- what you said, though, Beatrice. It's wonderful. What Beatrice is saying, actually, it taps on in my mind as we speak right now. The basic, that's where the Caucasian want us to go so that we care about food and stomach rather than thinking about the food of the thought. And uh, Solgestin, a Russian philosopher, said people are better ruled when they are hungry. Mm. So the hunger should not be for food, but the hunger should be for knowledge. And that's where the books, the literature, the Mm. poetry, the Mm. drama... The culture yeah. should normally foster and promote African values and African identity. When she speaks about name, I speak about name as well. Mm. When they gave your name, let's say Mavu, which I'm going to tackle uh, early, uh, in the next session. Mm. Mavu, if you go across Africa, Mavu has got the same symbol. It means the earth. It means the soil. And we are attached to our soil but do we know the importance of that mavu? That's where today the South Africans are saying, be, b- give back our possession, which is the land. Mm. Because with the land, what are you going to do? You're actually going to plow the land, you're going to put the seed, and after the seed, you've got that food. And once you've got the food on the table, then you can start thinking. Mm. But without that food, which is important, I agree with you, which is economic, without the accommodation that is proper rather than a shark, then only are you able to think about how to develop Africa. I think that you have read a book uh, which was written by Rodney, Walter Rodney, I believe, How Europe Underdeveloped Africa. If you read that book, you'll be surprised what is inside and how he was killed later on for writing that book which is a fantastic book. Mm. I, I see I you nodding in yeah, agreement yeah. there. Yes, I think we should definitely think about the hunger of today. Mm. We should put food on the table. But if we concentrate on just putting food on the table today, that would be our reality for the rest of our lives. While we're thinking about putting food on the table today, about eating, we should think about tomorrow. We should think about our children and our children's children. We should think about tomorrow not just being able to put food on the table but to ride in a car, to live in a beautiful home. We have the right to do that. So yes, we should not be preoccupied with petty issues to stay there. We should rather think, have a bigger plan in mind. Mm. While we're trying to feed ourselves today, we should think about feeding a whole village tomorrow. Do you think think that's more, that, that bigger narrative is around identity? Less than the, the, the day in and day out of, you know, occupation and work and jobs. I don't know if we're being too idealistic here. I'm not quite sure. 
I don't think we're being idealistic mm. for some people, but someone has to be idealistic, otherwise we, we wouldn't get to where we are. Yeah. And whatever we see and consume today came from someone else's idea. It, mm. man, it, it that was manifested into the reality that we have. Sure. So I think um, we have to do this conversation. It's around identity. If I am comfortable with who I am. If I am comfortable with who I am as an African, I will stay on the continent. I will not fight another African. Mm-hmm. I will try to build the continent. I will not run away. Okay. I will try to be a solutionist. I will not focus on the program, on the, just the programs. So it comes with you being happy with you from the inside mm-hmm. about the person that you are. If you're constantly going to spend money on something else because you think you have to put on a Brazilian wig, you have to put on whatever thing mm-hmm. to look good, to be accepted, then there is an issue. That money I can use to do something else. So if you're happy with your identity right inside of you about who you are, mm. I know many people will disagree with me, but that's all right. I agree that we should disagree. Yeah. But we should certainly do this conversation and say, what is our main focus? What mm. is it that we really want? Where are we going to? What is the contribution that we can make? And I think it doesn't go without knowing who we are. Mm. We are our best selves when we know who we really are and where we come from. If we know where we come from, we can better shape where we're going. You know, someone could be listening to us as we wrap it up, uh, Jean, and say, ha, this conversation is no longer about xenophobia. It's about something completely different. But how important is that ideology of, you know, a collective a collective identity on the African continent, especially in dealing with these particular issues? Because they sound very kind of peripheral, but these are central issues around, you know, how we treat the other. And they actually inform our actions of violence. They actually inform our response to people. They also inform how we respond to our economic environment. Well, dealing with this issue, it's still... I don't want to talk about xenophobia. Mm. I want to be positive that we have uh, achieved so much in Africa for the past 60 years. Mm. Despite the challenges that are there, but I do think and I do believe that going forward for this Agenda 2063, I do believe that you know what is Agenda 2063. So, Explain it. Maybe the listener doesn't know. Well, Agenda 2063 taps on into the anniversary, the 100th anniversary of uh, the OAU, so the the Organization of African Unity, where the forefather of independences, the Kwame Krumah, Modibo Keita, Aile Selassie, so many, Patrice Emery Lumumba, Sekouture, we can go on and on, the list is endless, Kenneth Kaunda, uh, Julius Nyerere Mwalimu, the Pan-Africanist, they had this vision of a united Africa, Mm. but have we, in the past 60 years, Mm. achieved that unity? If we haven't, it is time now that we sit down under the Palava tree and reflect on the journey that we need to go for the next 30 or the next 40 years. I gave uh, to my student uh, a, a topic in integrated study and discuss whether an African conflict-free is possible. And they come up with a wonderful idea that will be sh- uh, broadcast later on. If you are there, you will That's see. Fantastic. I'm and looking will, forward to that. Sure. And uh, you will be amazed. It's not me. It's uh, 15 
and 14 and 15 years old student. All right, let's wrap it up. I know you guys have to go in. Idealism, maybe we should go back to that as Africans in order to kind of deal with these Just one last piece. Sure. There is a movement, it's called uh, State 55. Sure. It's a movement that is just started last year. Okay. So they are actually, it's the, the idea is about a United States of Africa. Okay. And um, we already have chapters in 18 African countries. There are chapters in the diaspora. Nice. I think the moment is right, right now. If we go through that agenda and we try to unite, I think we can be the strongest, the strongest continent. We are the strongest <laughs> continent <laughs> in the world, that <laughs> I have no doubt. Fantastic. Beatrice, Jean, it's fantastic always speaking to you guys. You always give me a sense of positivity, kind of if you guys are a fresh voice in terms of breathing life into the continent and keep doing the great work you do. I know you're both activists and I know that you guys are great campaigners for this uh, continent. So thank you for joining us. That's Mr. Jean Mboisa, founder and chairman of the rights to live and he's all the way from the drc thank you as well to miss beatrice the beautiful miss beatrice Achilek. it's good to see you once again she's the founder of global books all the way from cameroon thank you both for giving us your time hey maybe we should affirm who we are as africans maybe we're not so isolated and different as we think maybe the violence is actually something we've learned from a broken history so maybe we should rethink that as was highlighted by our guests today but that's how we wrap it up today right Chair at the Dialogue on Xenophobia in South Africa debate at the Ditsong Museum of South Africa. A very fantastic conversation. I had kind of a different narrative today, very positive, very lively, and also kind of affirming the identity of being African. I hope that you enjoyed it as well, wherever you were, because certainly I did. But it's not about me, it's also about you, the listener. Remember, you can always engage with us here on Channel Africa. Go to our social media platforms, Channel Africa. that is our Facebook page, simply titled that, and you can go to our Twitter handle at Channel Africa One and follow us on our African Dialogue handle as well at African Dialogue. We really appreciate you listening to us. We'll be back again tomorrow, and I'll be doing a special broadcast, also leading to the Africa Day. Uh, celebrations on Saturday. So it'll be a theme that we'll be running across uh, Channel Africa. So uh, as an African, keep tuned in right here on Channel Africa as we really do celebrate being African. But for me, Benjamin Mushatam, until next time, God bless.